Thank you for tuning in to the Rowdy Cards podcast on RowdyCards.com. I'm your host, Patrick Greeno. And uh, today we're going to be talking about, uh, well, we're going to introduce with uh, Mike Trout signing a new deal worth $430 million. <laughs> that's, a, that's kind of a lot. After, at, at a certain point, Ryan, you know, it doesn't matter <laughs> how much money after a certain, like, may as well be a billion, you know, a trillion, <laughs> you know. Like yeah, the, the number, the figures are just going to keep rising and rising to the point where like, okay, fine. You know, it's a, it's still a number I can't conceptualize. I don't know what $430 million look like, looks like, you know, so fine. <laughs> but does he stay with Anaheim or does he go to a team that has potential for actually winning playoffs? <laughs> this is the question. He's staying. He's got a no opt-out contract no trade um so he's there for the next 12 years and he'll be there until he's 39 and and it's been done before you know guys finish big contracts and they're older and they sign one two-year deals here and there um but you know trout kind of strikes me as the kind of guy that would just sort of sam done um, unless he really still feels great and wants to play but I think uh, he's not going to be the kind of person that puts a burden on a team when he knows he can't perform to the level that he's used to. Um, and the 430 figure is huge, obviously, but I think what's been sort of not misreported, but maybe not made obvious in the reporting is that what he's agreed to is an extension upon his current contract. Um, so over the next two years, he's owed about $33 million a year, so like $66 million. And so then the new extension kicks in after that. So what he agreed to, whatever 430 minus 66 is, that's the contract. And it, cumulatively, it adds up to 430, and it adds up to 12 years. But, you know, he really signed up for... Um, 10 years, like at 360 mm-hmm. million. Um, so like I said, it adds up to 430, which is a huge number. That's the, that's the figure that's been reported. But I think a lot of people don't realize that he's, he was already signed up for the next two years. So, um, it's kind of nuanced. It's, it's complicated, but, um, you know, instead of going into the free agent market in two years, he just decided to to take the deal and uh, sort of become an angel for life. Okay, so uh, you know he's—it's well known, it's documented his his skill level, right? That's that's not not something we really need to discuss on the podcast here. Yeah, undisputed. He's undisputed, right? Great champ, absolutely. <laughs> he's amazing. So, <clears throat> look, Angels need star players. They need, they need star talent, just like any other team. So I'm I'm happy for the Angels. I just would like to see the Angels get to a place where they can actually win some like big games at the end of the season. You know. That's that, that's what I would like cuz I spent you know some of my favorite years in LA were in the North Orange County area of the Fullerton and Anaheim and that was like some of my favorite time. And so I I became like an Angels fan just sort of like by association. I've always been a fan of the Angels and so I've always wanted them to be really talented in their selection of players. So I was really excited that they got Otani. I was excited when they got Pujols. I was excited when they got Hamilton. 
I'm excited that they have Trout. You know, I, I just want to see them have awesome players that maintain a skill level that combined can make them a very dominant team. And so I'm super happy for Trout. I, I was just joking with you, Ryan, that, that like, you know, if I were Trout, I'd be going to like, maybe I'd join Harper at, in Philadelphia and see if I can win some World Series <laughs> with, with the Phillies with Harper because I have him on my my team now that that's kind of how i would be thinking of like i'm spending the best years of my prime time my 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 life at this this company so to speak that's not you know bringing any return back to me and i i we talked about this off off the off the recording earlier today that you know who who does trout have built around him yeah we've got otani but you can't win a team you can't win world series with just two players you got to have like you know there's got to be a cohesion of talent built yep. around and you know the the angels have talented guys they, they picked up matt harvey he's a great pitcher he, he well, was that's not, that's not a great example but <laughs> you're gonna have to help me here but what I'm saying, <laughs> yes. they, they've got a lot of like developing talent too that's kind of you know built yes. in to to the the roster but you, you you're gonna have to kind of contribute to this because you're gonna probably know more about the the dynamics of the player roster built around the 2019 angels than I do because you're, you, you live in the area and you, you, you follow them much more than I do. Yeah. So the, the future for the angels was very bleak a couple of years ago. The, the farm system was in the tank. It was ranked like 30th or 29th um, by a lot of experts. And now it's like in the top 10 and okay. there's, there's some serious prospects, which is great now with the trout extension because those two timetables are going to uh, overlap. You're going to have the prime of Trout's career overlap with these new new guys coming up. Right. Joe Adell, Matt Thays, these guys are potential game changers. Obviously, they're prospects. They could be busts. You know how it goes. Yeah, of course. Um, but at this point in 2019, all you have to do is look at what you have in the farm and what we have um, – is a lot of optimism. So we had the Josh Hamilton contract basically decimate the the payroll for three, four years. Yeah, uh, He contributed nothing when he was sober. And then when he slipped up, unfortunately, uh, he was cut. And that was basically just dead weight, a dead weight of a contract. It was just a sunk cost. Couldn't do anything with it. And he got paid seriously for that. So... Uh, obviously, the Pujols contract has been a point of contention. Um, you know that that's a debate that could go back and forth. That's probably a topic on it in its own right. Mm-hmm. Um, but Trout's also playing with the best defensive shortstop in Anderton Simmons, who's also got an above-average bat. Um, who, by the way, was quoted today after the Trout extension, saying because um, he's up for a new contract, I think next year. He said um, he'd also like to be an Angel for life. And he's sort of he's sort of buying into it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, like you said, we've got Otani, who rookie of the year, won't be pitching this year, but he'll be hitting. Right. And uh, he could he's a potential revolutionary player with his two way style. Yeah. So, um, Justin Upton, exceptional left fielder, power bat. Um, you know, and there's a couple role player guys that probably won't do much, but I, I think those those couple of guys i just mentioned um 
they make me optimistic, sure. and I think they should make any Angels fan optimistic. And if you notice, the, I didn't name any pitchers. We've got some serious pitching issues to address, and um, you know what? Next year, 2020 offseason, if they don't get any pitching, I might change my tune a little bit. <laughs> but We've had, and we, you know, we talked off record about uh, Angels uh, losing Jared Weaver some years ago. Uh, and he was, I mean, he was a good pitcher, solid utility oh, yeah. for a long he time. Was, he was the Angels' last, you know, quote-unquote ace, like the, the one guy that you could throw out there and you knew he was going to get it done. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really been a, a black hole on the mound for the Angels just in, due to large part because of injuries and then right. also because financial constraints due to Pujols and Hamilton. You just couldn't go out there and sign the big free agent. You couldn't go sign... Patrick Corbin or Zach Granke. Right. Um, and the farm system just wasn't producing the major league ready talent, unfortunately. Um, but like I said before, that, that could change in the next couple of years. We could have some young guys come up and really be dominant. So right. um, it's uh, it's, it's a nuanced situation. It's going to be interesting. And I'm, I'm just trying to not focus on the future. I'm just trying to live in the moment. And I was walking on air today once I read about, uh, Mike Trout's deal. Oh, and, sure. I mean, I, it's so it's it's cool. I like it. I like the fact that he's a lifetime angel, essentially. Uh, essentially, we'll, yeah. we'll always know him as you know the Angels' hottest player, hottest hitter. Mm-hmm. You know, the the richest twenty something. <laughs> you know, yeah. and so I, I'm I'm happy for him. I think it's great. And you know, I as as a, as somebody who appreciates um his his talent and I, I love seeing his cards sell in the hobby there's it's so fun to watch the stuff that gets you know rolls through the market and just watching kind of the auctions and the yes. end prices and just it's fun i have a good time I, watching that stuff i don't buy any of it but i think it's cool to watch i think my my ebay watch list right now is about 30 percent mike trout <laughs> um just because the, the the end prices fascinate me yeah and um I don't. I, I can't think of a player that's that's caused so much financial draw just based off of essentially base cards, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, his obviously uh, U.S. one seventy five is, yeah. is is the big one that everybody goes after because it's the most affordable and realistic one for most people. Most of us can't afford the O nine Bowman Chrome card. But what's affordable for the U.S. one seventy five right now? I mean, oh, I, and raw or, or graded? Let's say raw. What is it, like four four hundred bucks? I think is. Yeah. Uh, let me look what the it's. I mean, it's look that to me is affordable. Oh yeah, yeah. I I just can't think of another modern player that's drawn that kind of attention to his base card. Right. Like Otani didn't do that, and obviously Otani's he still has a lot left to prove, but right. Um. Yeah, the trout cards are just incredible. Um, they, they are incredible. I mean, it, it's it's incredible to see a base card, no parallel, just a standard base card, selling for hundreds. And love it. Like of of any player. So that's why, like, like when I watch this card, I'm like, gosh, I'm so intrigued by this card. And this card gets so much action, but his 2011 Topps Pro debut card doesn't get nearly the action. Doesn't nearly the action. I mean, you could you could pick those up for bargains in comparison to these prices. Yeah, and you can get parallels yeah. for still, you know, quote unquote bargains as well. And so, 
when I look at US 175, I think, gosh, that card has sort of changed the way I look at base cards in a lot of ways because um, people are going after PSA 10s of that card, a base card for north of $700. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's like, it's incredible. I mean, it really is incredible to watch this stuff. And so, um, and there's no shortage of them. That's the other thing too, is that like prices continue to rise knowing there's no shortage of this card. They printed the heck out of this card. You yeah. know, it's not serial numbered. Even, Although, I mean, the, trout, the Trout Phenom extends into 2013. There are some serious prices being asked for 2013 Mike Trout cards. One of the ones that's on my list is the 2013 Heritage. Uh, really? which has a couple different parallels. Um, I think there's like a an SP and Heritage is to some people considered like the end-all be-all for Topps products, I think. It's really uh, collected, heavily collected products. Heavily collected. It's very popular. I love it. It's probably like if I were to go buy a hobby box today, that would probably be the first thing I would look at. Yeah. Um, but it's just like 2013, like I said, it's not a rookie year. The that year specifically has no significance, um, but it's it's Mike Trout. It's just that's how insane the hobby is over him right now, and um, that's why my watch list is full of it. <laughs> so the <laughs> the, the twenty thirteen so Tops Heritage, there's an in action variation. Oh, okay. that's the so one that's that's like that's, sliding or something. No, he's 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 swinging through. He's at uh, the end of a swing, uh, but. It's it's a great I, I it's a great looking card. I mean, it's awesome. It's a great shot of Mike Trout. I prefer the in action shot. Granted, the base card without the hat on and it's like tilting his head, smiling is also a good card to have too. I mean, they're good they're good poses. But if you want the rarer version, the in action card is going to be the one to get. And they sell for five fifty and up. I mean, they're expensive. You know, they're they're just they're rare. I mean, there's here's a PSA ten that sold for six fifty. Buy it now. I mean, that's 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 strong. <laughs> Yeah, and the, and the Heritage always have those crazy retail parallels. I think there's like a Walmart blue yeah, um, or like a Target red or something like that, which is another level of um, pricing. But there's a, there's a Walmart blue version there. I'm looking at a black one here as well online. And then there's a, there's there's a there's this like color swap thing as well. Um, you know, I mean, SPs, that's, that's the beauty of this heritage product. They, they give you all these varieties and it's going back to like classic rarities of cards. I mean, it's, 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 uh, artificial demand in a way because it's produced that way on purpose, but I like it. I think it's done tastefully, you know, there, there are parallels to be had. There are not too many of them, uh, which I like. I think it's cool. I mean, heritage just, I think it just tops does a good job with this product. It's awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I mean, this year Heritage um, is really intriguing. It's one of my favorite designs, the 1970 Tops. Totally. Um, and they just look so clean. It's a total throwback, obviously. That's the point. Yeah. But, um, yeah, this stuff is a ton of fun. And I, I've met a few, like, master collectors, and I'm sure it drives them insane, all the SPs and <laughs> right. SSPs. Like, <laughs> but um, I I'm sure it's fun at the same time. I mean, I, I can't imagine the sense of accomplishment putting together a master set of, of Topps Heritage. That's it's a oh lot. Gosh, yeah, totally. Tons of work. Master set with all the different parallels. That would take. That would just take a lot of time and money. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of time and money. Uh, speaking of the Angels, though, uh, Ryan, you want to jump on this next piece about the jersey? Sure. Yes. Yeah. So, recently, a Anaheim Angels jersey sold on eBay 
for $300, just north of $300. And that's a pretty high mark for, you know, a, a modern jersey that had been printed zillions and zillions of times, sold in the ballpark, you know, probably for like 100 bucks at the time. But what's special about this jersey is it says Anaheim on the front. It doesn't say Angels. It says Anaheim. And this was a jersey they only wore from 2002 to about 2006, 2007. And they've gone through a lot of variations in their jersey over the year. And the Anaheim version has become highly sought after. Um, I think obviously because it says Anaheim, it's the only one that does that. And after this jersey is when the owner changed the name infamously to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, which was met with huge backlash from people that lived in L.A., people that lived in Orange County, people that lived across the country were just like flabbergasted. And they've had angels on their jersey ever since. I don't really see them ever changing that. Um, so these Anaheim jerseys have become very intriguing to folks that are from the area or just, you know, diehard Angels fans that may not be from the area because it's the only war for a couple years. They won the World Series in 2002 with Anaheim on their chest. Um, it's got some pretty historical significance. And it's just crazy to me to see a somewhat small market team, modern jerseys selling for 300 bucks. And there was one that sold maybe a, about a month ago that sold for about 350 um, so people are hawking these items, man. They're, they're paying attention. Um, it's on my eBay save search list. Uh, they don't pop up too often. It just happened to be that two popped up in the span of like a couple months, mm -hmm. which is kind of rare. Yeah. Um, and I never would have guessed they would have reached the $300 mark. Um, I would have guessed maybe like 225 or something like that. But, um, so now that I've seen these two auctions, now I'm really intrigued by these items. And um, I'll keep you updated if I see any more. Are you going to try to get one into your collection? I I've, I would love one. I think 300 bucks is a little... Steep. <laughs> a little steep. And I'd also like to wear a jersey if I ever bought one. Ah. I couldn't really justify wearing a $300 jersey. Kind of reminds me of like a story when I was in high school. My buddy and I, uh, we went to a, a concert together. We went to see the Ataris. It's a pop, pop punk band from the like late nineties. They're pretty good. But, uh, he bought a shirt at the show and then he had the band sign the shirt. And then like a couple weeks later we went skateboarding together and he was wearing that shirt skateboarding. And I was like, dude, what do you do? You're wearing the shirt. You bought the show. It's brand new. It's signed by the band. You should, that's frame that thing. Don't wear it. <laughs> What's the matter with you? And then it fast forward. I went to like, uh, there was a skateboarding professional that was coming in at uh, Jamie Thomas, I think was, was a, he was one of my favorite skateboarders growing up. He still is one of my favorites, but he was doing a signing and uh, one skater got a board and had him sign his skateboard for him. And then I see him that day skating his board. <laughs> like, like, dude, it's signed by a pro. You should, <laughs> like retire it and hang it up. What are you doing skating this thing? <laughs> What's yeah. the point of this? So yeah, I can understand that you have, you're going to spend a lot of money, drop some dough on a nice jersey, you know, but you want to wear the jersey. Something like this, I would just have to archive it. Yeah, it would be framed. It would be right. stored. You'd, you'd, you'd yeah. store it somehow to enjoy it. But then you'd find, like, maybe a replica jersey like it for cheap and wear that one. Well, that's that's the 
curious thing about this specific jersey that says Anaheim because you can buy replica jerseys of pretty much any any jersey throughout history of any sport I would venture to say right like right. if you wanted a Pittsburgh Steelers throwback jersey from the 70s it's available you could buy a replica jersey for like 75 bucks right these jerseys are not replicated they are not made in any any way so it's only the authentic Rawlings jersey that were sold during that time. Um, and trust me, I've looked for, for replicas. I would happily buy a replica. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, I mean, are, it, if you were to buy a jersey to wear, would it have to be this one? Or could you could you just get no. an Angels jersey and be done with it? I, I, I guess I'd be okay with it. I'm not really a jersey guy. I'm not like a big memorabilia guy. Yeah. But, um, um, but yeah, I, it, would, it would be framed. It would be stored and... Um, it'd be a really significant piece personally and it's obviously significant for other people. I mean, this specific auction that we're talking about had 19 bids. It's a lot of action. It's a lot of action. Um, had a really strong sale point and you know, and this is, it's a, it's the gray version. So this is like the away version, right? Uh, the games they played on the road. Yeah. Uh, So if it was like the white home Jersey, I don't know. It could go, you know, 350, 400, you think that the, the home jerseys bring more money than the away jerseys? I think so. Yeah. There's a little more aesthetic appeal. That's that's just a guess. But yeah. they have to pop up for me to validate that, and they just don't pop up. They're like little unicorns on eBay. Yeah. And the fact that two of them popped up in 2019 so close to each other was, was pretty crazy, and that's that's why I wanted to talk about it. And I don't think a lot of people know too much about these jerseys. So if you're in the Southern California area and your uncle has a jersey that says Anaheim on it, um, keep an eye on it. <laughs> Sneak in when he's not home, and then <laughs> yeah, <steal> it. <laughs> no, it's 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 something you brought to my attention because you know I, I'm a card guy. Like you know I, I I've been in the card hobby for many 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 years, and so uh, I never really got into the clothing piece. You know, mm-hmm. like jerseys and and pants and the cleats and helmets and all. I never got into that uh, ma- mainly because of space, but generally just my interest just isn't there. I like to learn about them, but I just don't like to acquire them. Is that like that's the thing? Is that I'm stoked on learning about the knowledge around why something is rare when it comes to this quote unquote classic memorabilia stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, as far as acquiring it, I'd I'd rather just somebody else buy it. I, I I think it's cool that other people have interest in this kind of thing because then I get to learn something new about, say, like something like the Anaheim jersey. I didn't really didn't know until you brought it to my attention about a week ago. So I'm glad that we get to talk about this because it's kind of a cool thing. Yeah. So anyway, moving on, we got uh, Michael Jordan and Haynes celebrate their 30th year in partnership in 2019. And as such, they bring us a, uh, uh, a a set of trading cards featuring Michael Jordan, and you get a little you get packs of them in uh, packs of boxer briefs and packs of uh, T-shirts and things from Hanes sold at big box retail stores like Target and Walmart. And so uh, the the cards come in like there's a base run, and then there is a red foil parallels and then there's a little bit rarer blue foil parallels and then there's the all-star subset cards and there's all-star subset cards with gold parallels so there's a bunch of different things you can get and also jordan signed 10 cards in this this 
run of uh, packs. I guess they they just produced 10? yeah just ten cards. Gosh. They 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 printed over eight hundred thousand packs were oh. made to be put in Hanes underwear found at retail chains. So oh. over eight hundred thousand packs, and in ten of those packs exist the ten autographed cards. So I haven't seen one yet autographed ones but i've seen that there's like there's a red pack and there's a blue pack and each of the each of them prompt the buyers to get the other color packs to complete the set and so you have to kind of go out and get them and they've been purchased a lot and they've been selling pretty well on ebay so uh the the pictures of jordan depict him wearing the Hanes clothing uh, a lot of them I think, if not all of them, are uh, the feature images of him in the commercials that he has been in to promote Hanes over the years. So it's a kind of it's a neat little set. It's cool. I like it. it it's it's a classic. Th- a re- they re brought back the 1988 Fleer basketball design to promote this set, which was fitting because that was you know that set came out 30 years ago, because this is 2018, 2019, and the 88, 89 Fleer set is the design that they used to to lay out this set which was very fitting i thought because it's 30 years ago so that was cool and so i blogged about this if you want to go on eraticcards.com you can look at some scans that i've just kind of grabbed off the internet and i've talked about like you know the set a little bit after i've did, done some research so if you want to have a look it's there these are really cool uh i won't be buying any of this stuff myself i'm just going to be watching these things and seeing if there's an autograph that is going to eventually surface and i, I can't imagine if you think about it like autographs one of them you'd have to buy like hunt, <laughs> so many packs to pull one of Wait, these things so like, like, like uh, the autographs are gonna if one surfaces it's gonna do really well at auction that that we know and so and all these images on these cards are just great images of of michael jordan so um I, you know if you're a michael jordan collector and you want to grab some of these grab them while you can because you know um but they're going to be shuffled around the hobby, I think, into perpetuity because 800,000 packs is uh, that there's enough variety there to just kind of go around th- in the hobby throughout, and you know, for probably into perpetuity, you'll you'll be able to get these on eBay. So these are cool. I just want to talk about that because uh, it's just one of those things where you have a brand celebrating a partnership, one of the longest running of its kind, really 30 years. It's really impressive. Do you think Michael Jordan's autograph is the most desired of all current living sports stars? I think without thinking about it more, I want to say yes. It's it's yeah. it's, it's 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 at least the most valuable. Yeah. I mean, like okay, this is an interesting question because some people equate rarity to desirability. Michael Jordan's autograph is not rare. He signs out there. He a signs lot. A a lot but it's consistently valuable and desired like he could sign hundreds of thousands of more and his stuff will still sell extremely well you know it, it's kind of like the pop report for the 86 fleer michael jordan at the tens that can the pops the populations continue to rise for that card but the sellability of that card still continues to rise the value still continues to rise in that card no matter the population that's one of those things where Population of something doesn't impact value of something. This is these are very rare occurrences in e- economics. Usually, you have the more of something you have, the less value each individual thing is worth. It doesn't it doesn't exist like that with Jordan stuff. It's really weird how this kind of works because 
its value isn't impacted by how many of them exist. And with autographs for Jordan, I honestly think that his autographs will continue to rise over time, no matter that there's like, you know, hundreds of thousands of them in the market. I mean, it's amazing. It really is amazing. It's a very unique situation that I just don't see too frequently. I mean, I, I, I see typically a guy gets signed on to sign a, you know, to sign cards, and then his cards were once worth a lot of money signed because they were hard to find. Now they're available, and you can get them. Instead of $400, you pay 30 bucks for them now because there's so many out in the market. It doesn't happen with Jordan. Jordan stuff autographed sells so well, no matter. It's just really incredible. So I'd have to say without doing, like, some kind of research on this. Yes, I want to say of of living people, his is the most sellable, most valuable autograph. Yeah, the Jordan autographs and the the Mike Trout cards are the anomalies. Yeah, and these are I mean, you know, you don't have to quote me on this stuff. Just my opinion is that Jordan autographs are the most valuable in the market today. But the, of of a living person. And I but I don't I don't need to be quoted on that. People can just make their observations and make their formulate their own opinions as they go. I just can't think of another person who's still alive whose autograph brings consistently huge numbers every single time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Jordan, I mean, Jeter is kind of getting there, and that's kind of something we're going to touch on here next is that last year Topps produced a, 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 a set called Diamond Icons. And in it, uh, well, I, I saw this listing on eBay. Uh, it's G- Derek Jeter's cleats were put into a card. His cleats were put in his. So you think like this card, if you look at this auction, Ryan, you could see the thickness of this. What is that? Like four fifty point. I mean, I, it's, it's a it's brick. Ridiculous. It's a brick. And so I, I'm thinking like, at this poses the question to me, like at what point does a card cease to become a card and is more of a piece of memorabilia? Yeah, you're right. It, I mean, you know, this this is something you put on your mantle. You know, you put this next to a statue or like a, you know, a, a rare something else that's memorabilia. It falls into that, like a bust or something. This to me wouldn't be so much a, like a sports card in that way because it's like a, yeah, the, the card itself, the real estate of the card is, uh, pr- it's dominated by the cleat. So the the cleat itself is a piece of sports memorabilia. And it's just in a frame that happens to be the same dimension as a sports card. Yeah, it's 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 a monstrosity of a card. It's huge. <laughs> I wouldn't even know what to do with it. And sold for just over a grand, grand fifty-one. I mean, that's it's pretty. It's pretty big time, I think. Those are those, you know, Jeter Yankee collectors. Um, I, I'm kind of surprised I've never seen this before. I've seen pieces of a cleat. You know, going way back, but not the actual spikes and like the bottom of the cleat protruding into the card. Right. This is kind of insane. Yeah. So. You, I don't know if. So, my buddy Dan, who he and I do videos together, um, he shared a link to an auction or a picture on Twitter, and it was a Eric Lindros, a game used card, and it, it was it from Leaf. And it had, it was like, you know, like the front of a shoe has the laces all laced up with like the laces, you know, flipping over the, the front, the extra yeah. piece that tied together. It was like that. That card had that. Like it features a whole lace area with the laces flopping over the front of the card and hanging down. I'm like, what is, like, at what point, like, d- does that, 
deter buyers? I mean, I personally wouldn't buy it myself. I'd want to turn it around because that's not really my thing. But, you know, obviously they're going to be collectors. Lindros was a great player. So it's like you're going to have buyers. But if I pulled that out of a card, I don't know how to feel about it. I'd be like, would I be disappointed to get <laughs> basically a pile of laces into a card? You know, I'm trying to think, like, at, at what point does it become? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 at what point does it become? more like you're focusing on what you're putting in the card and less about the card itself. Exactly. You know, anyway, I just want to touch on that because finding cleats in a card is, is <laughs> it's fascinating. Like what's next. <laughs> so this is cool. Um, just want to touch on that. Uh, let's, let's move on here. Now, Ryan, you might remember some podcasts ago. We talked about uh, 1997 metal universe, precious metal gems, Jordan, the Emerald card. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Of course. So, and it sold for like 350K. I mean, it was like a huge listing, right? This big thing. Well, we got the red one has made a, in another appearance online. I've seen a red one in the past. And I saw this card sell for $19,000 in the past. One of the, one of the 90. Okay. Now, this one now is already over $60,000, and it still has about a day to go. And so... Yeah, it's over it's over sixty three thousand dollars now. It still has a little over a day to go. And it's it's you know, I asked it's it's a PSA six five. And I asked myself, I'm like, you know, does this thing have enough teeth to cusp or exceed rather the one hundred thousand dollar mark, even though it's numbered to ninety? I don't know. So refresh my memory. PMG green or or emerald. Sure. Those were the first ten. Yes, of the print run of a hundred. So the emeralds still have to to a hundred serial numbering, but it's all of them will be either serial numbered o o one to o one o, and then okay. after that, o one one to to one zero zero out of a hundred are all the red ones. They're all red. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, well, so what do we say? Three fifty for the green or for the emerald? Yeah, it it closed at over three fifty. Man. Six five. <laughs> it's kind of a big deal, you know. Does the red in a condition of a six five have the potential in the current market to break the six figure mark? Oof, I don't know. I wonder what the pop report on these bad boys are because the the condition sensitivity on these on these Oh, it's it's rough. It just they're is. Really rough. Yeah, it's just rough. And and you know, people have a problem with that, generally speaking, because uh, they, they're like, oh, but look at the condition. I was like, yeah, but look how rare it is. You know, sometimes rarity outweighs any concern for condition flaws. Yeah, that's how I am. Like, mirror gold has a print defect. Like, who cares? <laughs> you know, if I can get it for 2K, awesome. You know, that's how, you know, how I feel. Uh, but some fellas, they're just like, oh, I wouldn't buy it because look at those edges. They're all, they're rough. I'm like, dude, but it's the card. It's just how they are. It's just, it's just how they are, man. Like, it's okay. It's like, it doesn't have to be perfect. <laughs> just doesn't yeah. have to be perfect, man. Well, we we opened that box of uh, was it '99 Metal Universe? Yeah. And I remember those cars were just like it was almost impossible to keep them, keep those edges from getting scuffed just, up. Yeah, I mean it's, it's just, just it's just part of it, you know. And you have to just be okay. It's like '71 tops; they're condition sensitive. This is what the PMGs. You have to just let that go and be okay with the fact that these are just by design produced to be a little rough around the edges. Yep. 
So going to the pop report of this, the red one, there's 17 that have been graded. And for the emeralds, only two have been graded, and both have just been graded authentic. Mm. I mean, I've seen them both. I saw the first one in person at the 2015 National, and I saw the PWCC auction, which had the other one. Uh, really fascinating stuff. I mean, it's just really, really cool. So I, I like these cards. I think they're great. And I think these are the kinds of cards that are, we're going to see a steady, steady incline over the course of time, increase in value over the course of time. And, and, and you know, be careful if you're in the market for one of these. Just do your homework. You can overpay very easily for these cards, no matter the player, if you're not careful. So um, if you're in the market for a PMG of any player from the basketball market, the 97 stuff, uh, wait for an auction style listing, you know, just do your homework. No, no sense in overpaying for anything. If you can avoid it, that's always what I say. Just try to avoid overpaying at, 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 as, as often as you can. Um, every now and, and then. If, not, if you're not in the market for a PMG, what's wrong with you? Cause they're super cool. <laughs> well, we don't have the money, right? It's like, well, okay. For PMG, um, maybe not, maybe not these crazy basketball PMGs, but, um, you know, Look at look at the baseball PMGs. Yeah, they're affordable. Uh, they're affordable. Yeah. Um, surely you have a, a favorite player from the late '90s, early 2000s that you can pick up a PMG from. Uh, definitely one of my my top top favorite sort of parallel insert kind of sets. Yeah, um, really cool. So they are really cool. We talked about this before. Is that it's kind of a lost opportunity that these were never produced in the baseball market. The '97 stuff. PMGs started '98 for baseball. Fine with me. Fine with me. They're great looking cards. They're great looking cards. So anyway, I want to touch on that because this is an auction that ends tomorrow, and I'm just kind of like playing around. I'm just I'm just watching it because it's fun to watch. So cool stuff, Ryan. You want to talk about this this number six piece? I just I know I brought this to your attention today, and I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of. I can introduce it, or you can just you can just talk about the Milton Bradley stuff. You know, I'll I'll take it. I mean, I I got schooled by Patrick this morning. <laughs> I, I had no, I, I I was certainly aware of the '68 Nolan Ryan Jerry Kuzman rookie card in the Milton Bradley variation, but I had no idea it came in this format. And you'll see the link in the blog post to um. To exactly what I'm talking about, but it's this like trading card board game type thing. I always thought that it was a card that maybe you bought at like a Toys R Us kind of store. I, I really I thought it was like a retail kind of release. Um, I didn't really give much thought to the significance of it. I had no idea it was part of this full uh, game. So if you get a chance, check out the listing. Uh, it's a super cool throwback to the late 60s and what was going on back then in America. <laughs> this was this is probably like the coolest thing you could get as a kid um, back then. Um, and if you look at the Milton Bradley listings just for the Ryan RC, what are we talking, you know, three to 600 bucks, somewhere in that? Yeah, they don't, I mean, they're nowhere near as expensive as the Venezuelan parallel, but they're, yeah. they're, they're certainly more desired than the base tops card just because they're at, of, of a limited quantity in comparison to limited, just the yeah. standard tops card. And they're, like we spoke about before earlier today, they're kind of hard to identify. Yeah. Um, you know, you pointed out the, the white stripe, kind of white edge yeah. on the card that you have to be aware of. Because otherwise, you look at the back of the card, it says, you know, TCG tops company. It's like, uh -huh. any other 68 card you'd see. 
Um, so you really have to pay close attention to detail on this card, whereas the Venezuelan release is very obvious in color right. and condition. Same with Opichi. Opichi is very different in color, and then you know it says Opichi on the back. Yep. So, like, duh. Um, there it is. Um, but this listing is very intriguing because not only do you get the Ryan, which has been graded, authenticated, which is very nice, but you get the whole board game, <laughs> which I wouldn't know what to do with. I would just store it as yeah, best as yeah. I could. Archive that but, thing. Uh, <laughs> and then you get all the cards that came with it, which there's some heavy hitters in the set. There's some football players. There's um, some, like, uh, car cards, for lack of a better word right the hot rod cards yeah hot rod cards okay there you go that sounds a better than card cards <laughs> um but there's like a rod crew brooks robinson bob gibson there's there's some cool stuff in here yeah no uh i think very reasonable price um for what you get mm-hmm. it's a very i mean no one ryan that rookie card is like one of the most iconic rookie cards if not baseball cards of all time and I don't think a whole lot of people know the entire story behind the Milson Bradley thing. And I think it's because these sort of listings just aren't um, listed very often. Right. I've never seen this before, and it's very interesting. Yeah, the most expensive Jerry Kuzman card out there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Jerry Kuzman, the legend. So interesting. The Milton Bradley, here's here's the thing. The distinguishing factor, if if you're in the market for Milton Bradley... The Milton Bradleys can be distinguished between uh, themselves and the base tops card, uh, specifically the Nolan Ryan and others in the set. But we're talking right now specifically the Nolan Ryan. The, the Nolan Ryan obviously is a horizontal card, so if you if you if you look at it straight on, uh, right side up horizontally, Milton Bradleys will have a white line going down either the left or the right edge of the card. That. If you know, if you see that on the the '68 tops Ryan, that's a Milton Bradley. The base tops don't have that white line; it won't feature that white line. Mm-hmm. And so the Milton Bradley—that's the distinguishing factor. That's how you can tell it's a Milton Bradley card. They're harder to find, obviously. Still affordable, I think. Uh, than you know, if for for the bang for the buck, as as they are presently, um, and Nolan Ryan stuff continues to steadily climb with time. Uh, and so this, the, the example shown in this auction, uh, features that, that white line on the left-hand side, pretty predominantly it's diamond cut. It's a pretty poor looking example of the card, but it's still graded out of four from BVG. So, I mean, whatever, I mean, I'm talking about the, 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 the card itself. It's just like distinguishing between the Milton Bradley and the, uh, the base tops. Yeah. But this auction is really cool. I've not seen this auction ever before. I've never looked for this stuff before though. So I don't know how rare these are. I I'd feel at least, you know, a little confident in assuming that these are exceedingly rare to find in full complete form like this. Yeah. And I mean, I know that toy collecting is a big industry right. and there's a lot of enthusiasts out there and this is an interesting crossover into like the board game toy world and then also with sports cards because just from looking at the pictures the box and all the packaging and the actual board that you play the game on um looks to be in i'd say like fair to good condition yeah I which is impressive know. for something that kids were playing with um 
a long time ago. Yeah. So I don't really know if there's any value in the actual game itself, but how cool would that be just to have like the entire thing and you have the Ryan graded on top of that? Like that's yeah, really it's, awesome. it's certainly cherry on the top. You know, I mean, I I've only ever seen the Bradley uh, Ryan as a standalone card. I've never seen it packaged quite this way, but. The stuff I come across on eBay doing my day-to-day research is, I mean, I, I try to, like, incorporate dialogue online about, like, hey, check this out, whatever. Well, this is one of those things where I'm like, well, you know, I don't know how many people know that this kind of thing exists in the current market. Now, younger guys might not know about this, you know. 30-somethings might, but they weren't born in the 60s, and so it's like they might not have seen this yet. And so I, this is the first first time for me, and... um. I'm pretty impressed by it. And like you were saying, the cards that are depicted in in the auction are of star players. So cool, man. It's just such a cool thing. Yeah, I mean, it's 1700 1800 bucks is what they're asking for what it is. I don't know how, like I said, I don't know how frequently these, these surface. This might be a, a good deal. I like the the language on the, the front of the, the box. Contains a generous supply of fabulous trading cards. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. I love it. Uh, so it, it's it's just you fun. Just, you can use the cards in the box, or you can use cards from your personal collection. Yeah. So I like that. It's fun. Yeah. Total throwback. Total yeah. throwback. So cool. I'm a big fan of this kind of stuff. This old. This is the kind of memorabilia that I dig because it's so obscure and rare. Um, and so I I just want to touch on that because it's um something you just don't see every day, you know. So cool stuff. There you have it, Ryan. You have any final thoughts? Oh, uh, man. I know last podcast I said I was desperate for baseball to start. <laughs> now that Trout has signed, uh, the warm weather has finally hit Southern California. Oh, yeah. I, I just I need to be able to get home from work and flip on the TV and, uh, and get some baseball in my life. So that's what I'm looking forward to. And gosh, we're, we're almost there. Like by the next podcast in a week or two, we'll be there. We'll be there. All right, cool, man. Thanks for jumping on this podcast with me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Thank you for tuning in to Radicards podcast on Radicards.com. I'm your host, Patrick Greeno. And until next time, enjoy collecting. If you like this content, please subscribe. Thank you. Enjoy collecting.